in this thing what are you gonna do what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the talk my credo podcast i am your host i am he dante credo and we riding solo today my brother's from another you know life happens so they gotta take care of some things but they will definitely be back for the next episode but as for now this is episode 22 and i hope you all are having a good day so far as you listen to this, man, spring is here. And as happy as I am for spring to be here, I'm also not so happy that spring is here because the pollen has been kicking my ass. Listen when I tell you. Like, it, it just it's like they wait for me out of side of outside of my door. And as soon as I step out, it's like I'm I'm jumped for the next eight hours. Until I get back into my home. Like, yeah, I'm just ass kicked. You know, my car. I drive a, uh, it's like a burgundy, like a wine colored Ford Explorer. Yeah, that thing is yellow. It is yellow right now. Pollen was like, listen, we didn't have a chance to whoop your ass last year. You know, you stayed inside the house with COVID and stuff, which honestly I didn't because I worked Every single day. I did not stop. I had no breaks. But you thought you had a break last year. Now nah, we're going to come back. And we're we going to spin the block. And this pollen's been kicking my ass, man. Now, is the crazy thing is, it's like I've only developed these allergies maybe like two, three years ago. So it pisses me off that I'm even having to deal with allergies and shit like that. Because I, I never had them, you know, most of my life. And I grew up, I'm a country boy. Grew up in Shelby, North Carolina. And, you know, so we climbed trees, ran in the field, rolling around in grass, and, you know, this, that, and third. You know, things country kids do. That's what we did. That's what I did. So, but now all of a sudden, I step one foot on a blade of grass, and I'm sneezing my ass off. Like, it's crazy, man. Eyes all red and shit like I smoke. I don't even smoke, but people think I do. Like, oh, dude walked up on me one day after one of my sneezing fits, and he was like, yo, man, yo, you you got a little leftover you can spare? I'm like, leftover what? That's all like, nah, you know, you got that vibe, man. You, you, looking, you looking good right now, bro. Look, I'm like, bro, I'm these are allergies, bro. I ain't smoke. I don't smoke, bro. What are you? Oh, oh my bad, bro. My bad. Like, man, what are you? Like, that's crazy, man. Like, I look like I smoke weed and stuff I hear. <laughs> People asking me where to plug at. Like, yo, let me get some of that. <laughs> you smoking that good shit? No. I just sneezed my brains out, man. God dang, leave me alone. <laughs> but, oh, man. But, you know, so th this one's dedicated to all of y'all out there that's bal battling allergies just like me. Especially if they're, it's like a new thing. Because, like I said, it's been about two or three years, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And another little small confession for me. I have this little thing where I have, like, a self-control issue. 
uh, it's like, you know, control issues with myself, um, where, and maybe this is weird. I think it's weird, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe some of you guys can relate to where I have an issue to where I don't like the idea of not being in control of myself, you know? So that's why I, it never appealed to me. Like smoking never appealed to me as far as getting high. Um, it never appealed to me to get drunk. Uh, so I don't smoke. I mean, I drink, you know, I'm a very casual drinker. I still consider myself a lightweight cause I, I don't want to get drunk. I got drunk one time and, like, yeah, that, that's all I needed to experience. Um, but I don't get drunk. I try my best to be in control of my emotions. So, like, I don't want to lose control and just, you know, get pissed off and act out of anger or whatever extreme emotion to where I lose control or I lose self-control. Like, I, I don't like that. You know, so I always try to be in a state to where if I'm doing something, it's because I am cognizant and I am consciously, willingly making that decision to do whatever it is that I'm doing. And so that also falls in the line of like getting sick. Like I hate getting sick. I get pissed off. I get really irritable uh, when I'm sick because it's like I, I have no control over myself. Like why the fuck am I sick right now? Because I rarely get sick. Um and so I don't get like they they say mainly with guys when they get sick, you know, they like turn into big babies and shit. I, I just get pissed. Like I'm pissed off. Like, why the fuck am I sick? And it's like, why can't I breathe? My sinuses and why, you know, this. Like, I don't like not being in control of myself. So yeah, this also comes into play with these allergies and shit. So shout out to y'all, all of my Zyrtec poppers and stuff around you know around this time of year my heart goes out to y'all so <laughs> my heart goes out stay in the fight stay in the fight but I want to thank you guys for checking us out for staying on board um we're stumbling forward you know we're making making some sort of leeway uh and I saw uh a particular clip from Kev on stage uh, he's a, a social media influencer, comedian, this, that, and the third. And, you know, I appreciate a lot of the encouragement that I get from a lot of y'all that just like, just keep going, just keep going. Don't worry about what it looks like now, you know, just use this just to keep going, keep getting better. And so, so just on behalf of myself and the podcast and my brothers, uh, big E Shabazz, the magic man, <laughs> You know, Grant, Matt, you know, we really do appreciate the encouragement because it's honestly just, you know, a way for childhood friends to kind of link up and just talk about, you know, shit that's going on in the world. And, you know, we figure, hey, maybe others, you know, will want to join in on the conversation and we're happy that you guys are. And, um, you know, we're looking to to build this platform to where, you know, we can invite others to come on and you can talk your shit and, and, you know, join in on the conversation. So that's, that's all we're aiming to do. And we appreciate those who are rocking with us so far, but you know, with the encouragement, someone sent a clip of Kev on stage and uh, someone was asking him about, you know, success, you know, what is, was it, what does it take to be successful? And, you know, I've seen this message a lot because I follow a lot of people uh, like motivational speakers, like Eaton Thomas, 
I believe that's his name, the, the hip-hop preacher. Uh, I follow Gary V. Like, I love those two guys, man. Um, I also follow, like, Afro Brutality on Instagram. It's just, I, I try to keep positive things in front of me to keep, to keep myself going, to keep pushing. But I'm being long-winded as fuck. But Kev on stage was like, you know, when you're doing podcasts or anything, it's like you have to be prepared to do 100 episodes where, you know, little to no one sees it, right? Uh, because, you know, you're building a catalog for in, for my interpretation. So you're building a, the catalog, you, you're, you're getting better with things, but say, you know, you have to be prepared to make 100 episodes of very little people listening, uh, following, watching supporting and that's with with anything you know it's a concept that i've always known because i'm a recording artist so i've i've been making music for 20 plus years um and that was told to me from the very young age like for someone to listen to you for you to be discovered you have to do a lot um back in those times i'm about to reveal my age a little bit you had you know the main thing that people wanted to do as far as recording artists, well, you want to get signed. You want to get signed to a record label because, you know, the idea of independence, it, it isn't or wasn't as open as it is now. So that there was no sound clouds or band camps or, you know, no streaming platforms like your Spotify's and things of that nature. Um, we were still dealing with, um, was it Kazam and, you know, downloading sites like that that just popped up but record uh, i remember record exec told me was like you know for, before we even sit down with anyone you have to have uh for one project just one project you have to have at least 50 songs for us to choose from like just 50 if you don't have at least 50 to sit down with and be like this is what i want to do for one project and we choose between those 50 songs then you you you're wasting your time and you're wasting their time. So um, thank you guys. And thank you uh, to my homegirl who sent that to me. Uh, definitely appreciate it. So we're on 22. So we have, you know, we got 78 to go. <laughs> 78 to go. So maybe this thing can pick up a little bit, but I'm having a good time nonetheless. So let's get into some, some shit. Because, you know, the world has continued on and as the world continued on, people continue to be silly or stupid. So uh, we'll start with the most recent news. Um, Hubert Davis uh, is now the new University of North Carolina's head coach. Uh, Hubert Davis is, is a former NBA player, played in the NBA for a number of years, really wasn't that you know, good of a player, but he was a decent player. You know, you have to be somewhat decent if you made it to the NBA. Um, but he replaced uh, Roy Williams, who retired on April 1st, which, of course, you know, everyone thought it was an April Fool's joke because it's like, there's no way Roy Williams would retire. But it turned out to be true. Roy Williams retired. And Hubert Davis, who was one of the assistant coaches to Roy Williams, uh, is now the... Um, is now the head coach. He is the successor to Roy Williams, uh, which makes him like the first uh, African-American head coach to coach the University of North Carolina, which is, you know, somewhat of a big thing. You know, it's a big thing. It's always good to make history. It's always good to kind of press forward with things. Um, and, 
you know, it's good again for just representation, good for representation. So in his press conference, Roy Williams makes, um, you know, these comments where he's talking about, you know, the, the magnitude of him being the, the head coach and what that means. And let's just check out and see what he had to it say. It is significant, Steve. It, it's significant that I'm African-American and I'm the head coach here. It, it's significant. Um, I know that in terms of Division One head coaches all around the country, only 26% of the head coaches for Division One men's basketball are compromised by minorities, specifically African-Americans. I know that it is significant that I'm the fourth African-American head coach in any sport in the history of the University of North Carolina. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white and I'm very proud that my three beautiful, unbelievable kids are a combination of both of us. Okay, so yeah. So instead of now, the focus being on Hubert Davis is the new coach of the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Now the headlines become, well, Hubert Davis is proud of his white wife. And honestly, everyone has a collective facepalm right now because we're like, what the hell are you talking about? First and foremost, and that's mainly my, uh, you know, my perspective, my opinion, because I'm like, they asked you about what this means as far as being, you know, first African-American coach. Uh, what this means for, you know, the history books, what it means for sports and college and th things of that nature. And, and you say, well, I'm proud to be this. I'm proud to be that. I'm also proud of my white wife. And we're like, why is that relevant? Why did you need to say that? Like, did anyone ask you to say no? No. Then what was the point of saying that? I, I, I don't I don't understand what you were getting at or why you thought that was relevant to put that in there and say, well, you know, I'm also proud that my wife is white and I'm proud that the kids that we have is a combination of us. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> Here's a newsflash, Hubie. No one gives a flying fuck about your wife and who you're married to. We're talking about basketball. We're talking about the sport and the history that has been made within the sport. We don't care about your white wife or your your wife, period. We don't care about your wife, period. No one asked you about your wife. But it's really funny that you 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 made you went out of your way to say I'm proud of my white wife. What? Okay. If you say so. But that sent a very clear message to me okay i know what type of guy you are i know what type of guy you are yeah i can put you in that same category of the herschel walkers the terry cruises the larry elders of the world those who any type of pro-black movement you're gonna say but, but, but wait 
What about white people? No, we can't do it. Your Terry Crews is of the world. No, we got to make sure black lives matter doesn't mean black lives better. You know, we say, hey, congratulations. You're the first African-American coach to be the, the coach of the UNC Tar Heels. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm, I'm also proud. I'm also proud of my white wife. Your, your Stevens of the world. Speak, you know, make that's the Django reference. To where there is no progression because you're always because you feel like any pro-black anything is synonymous with anti-white anything. So you feel like you got to go out of your way to say, but no, 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 my, 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 you know, I, 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 I love white folk. It's not that serious, bro. It's not that serious, bro. Celebrate the fact that we're, we're celebrating history with you and we're proud of you. Congratulations. That's not necessary. We don't care about your wife, bro. We don't, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But, you know, you put yourself out there being and saying something so absolutely stupid. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So we're all like, huh? Well, in another sense of, huh? Uh, recently, the actor, comedian, if that's what you want to call him, Michael Rappaport, uh, basically lit the sports world and social media world up by um, leaking some very fiery DMs from NBA superstar Kevin Durant. Um, apparently, Kevin Durant was uh, in his inbox and talking a lot of shit. And saying a lot of things. So apparently, Michael Rappaport thought that, hey, I'm going to leak and show the world, hey, this is you in my inbox. This is what's going on. Like, what do you got to what do you got to say for yourself? So I'm going to go ahead and and uh, read this little read this tweet. So he's like, I receive threats and disgusting messages daily. But never in my wildest dreams did I think Kevin Durant would be among them. The snake himself is now threatening me, bringing up my wife and wants to fight. This is supposed to be America's sweetheart, right? I'm the real MVP. So, of course, doing something of that magnitude has, um, you know, caused quite the backlash and the stir. Uh, and that caused Kevin Durant to... Make his apology. What's your response to the reaction to the you know the social media messages that were made public on on get on social media? I'm sorry that people seen uh, the language I use. That's not really what I want people to see and hear from me. <clears throat> but um, hopefully, I can move past it and get back out on the floor. So now that he's you know made his apology, he's like you know basically you know the world wasn't supposed to see that. Uh, but you have, so I'm sorry that you saw that. Uh, it's, it's almost reminiscent to Kurt Franklin and his son, right? Because we all know how we looked and perceived Kevin, uh, not Kevin, but Kurt Franklin's son when he leaked the, you know, the audio was still trying to paint Kurt Franklin in this evil, this horrible light. You know, it backfired on it. It made him look like a bitch, right? So... He was getting very similar. Michael Rappaport was getting very similar opinions and backlash. But it generated so much talk that Kevin Durant ended up being fined like $50,000 from the NBA. Because, you know, it's just not a good look. 
You know, it's not a good look. Now, not to say that, you know, whatever he was saying and, and, and well, I know what he was saying, but the stuff he was saying, not, you know, not trying to defend it as if it's appropriate. It's not. But at the same time, you know, who looks worse in this situation? Michael Rappaport. And so now he's feeling that backlash. So now he issues a, an apology of his own. Let's check it out. Yo, this situation with Durant um, has gotten out of hand. Um, I feel bad about it. I feel bad about my involvement in the situation. I feel bad that it's gotten this far. I've posted people's DMs. It's funny when people are saying anti-Semitic things about me, saying racist things about me, threatening me, and they're Joe Schmoes. Everybody loves it. Um, but when it was Durant, you know, people got 400 opinions. I'm a rat. I'm a fuck all that rat shit. Um, but I don't consider him a friend. The way he was talking to me is not like a, a person who was a friend. I don't speak to friends like that. I don't banter with friends telling them, yo, when I see you, I'm going to spit in your face. Ha ha ha. Oh, cool. When you spit in my face, I'm going to swish it around and spit in your face. That's not the way I banter. Those are threats. They were made over and over and over. Um, you know, it's been going on for months and on Tuesday of this week, he caught me on a bad day, but you know, uh, you live and learn. I know I have lived and learned, uh, from, uh, the situation I've had to deal with ramifications, uh, that, you know, I'll keep to myself and I know he has, and, uh, you know, I feel bad about it, uh, but it is what it is and we have to move forward. All right. So we, we, we hear it all. I, so it is. Here's the problem that I have with this whole, you know, fiasco and why people are calling Michael Rappaport a rat, a rat and, you know, any other thing that is would be appropriate to him because it's fake. It's fake as fuck. And it's a stark reminder to y'all that, you know, anyone we perceive as cool, you know, can't always invite everybody you think is cool to the cookout. But that's a conversation for another time. But going back to Michael Rappaport, the problem is, and the BS about it is, he makes his career doing the exact same thing that Kevin Durant basically did to him. So he makes, he hangs his hat off going off on these, you know, profanity laden rants, going at whoever, politics, sports, you know, whatever the case may be. And he goes at him, and he doesn't hold back. All right? One particular rant he went on that people seemed to love was one where he went at Donald Trump when, you know, they was doing the whole stop the steal, oh, the Democrats are cheating, they're, you know, they stolen the election, la, 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 la. Michael Rappaport had this to say. Good, good. I say recount, stop the count. Count it again, okay? Then triple count it. It's over, fucko. You lost. You fucking lost. The fucking ghost of John McCain bit you right in your fat fucking ass in Arizona. Good, you fucking asshole. Your big fucking mouth came back to fuck you. Get your fucking stupid sons, your dumb fucking daughter, your fucking... Mute fucking blowjob, Jared fucking Kushner fucking son-in-law. 
Get the fucking tape, get the boxes, and pack your fucking shit. Pack it now. Go the fuck away. Four years of this fucking nonsense, you fucking blowjob. So, so if you do that, because according to that tweet, you know what, let's, let's go back to that tweet. I'm going to pull that tweet right back up. Well, you was like, nah, he, he's threatening me. He He's going after my kids. And uh, well, now he wants to fight. Mm -hmm. But you found it okay to go at Donald Trump's kids, right? To go at his family, right? You know, you you thought it was disrespectful, that Kevin Durant was talking about, you know, your wife and, and you know, saying he's going to do all these things to, to you. But that's what you do literally to everyone else. So is this one of those you can dish it out but can't take it type of things? Is this one of those like you can't be instant? Because this, this started from some criticisms that he had with Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant fired back. And Michael Rappaport started talking his shit. So Kevin Durant went in. All the way in. Pause. And it kept on for a while, apparently. <laughs> so was it been, was it overboard and it was like, bro, why are you even wasting your time or whatever? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not going to justify like what you said, but at the same time, in the same sentiment of what Kurt Franklin's son did, that's what females do. You know, you know, of course he, he was like, well, you know, I, I reveal and expose people in my inbox for being hateful and racist and la, 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 la all the time. When it's Joe Schmo, then it's all good, but it's Kevin Durant and oh my God, everybody has an opinion. Of course, dummy. Why wouldn't you think that, that the ramifications, this is a celebrity here? Of course you would know. Of course you know that. Stop playing. Stop playing. Stop the bullshit, bro. So, the backlash that you got, you a rat. Because that's what rats do. So, who's going to trust you now? And I just found it hilarious that he was like, well, you know, he just caught me on a bad day. I was just having a bad day. Dang, that seems to be like the go-to. <laughs> It's like the go-to thing these days. Either I'm gay or having a bad day. What is it? <laughs> God dang, man. God dang. But uh, but yeah, so that that was crazy. That that is crazy. Um, you know, and it's kind of died down now. This this has been going on for about a week now. Um, it seems to have died down now. Kevin Durant uh is back on the court. He, you know, went perfect. Uh, against, uh, I believe, the New Orleans Pelicans. This is last night. Um, you know, silky smooth, and it's like, bro. So people seem to have forgotten about it. He paid his fine. I felt like Michael Rappaport should have paid the fine, honestly, because you started the dumb shit. Like, that's that's female shit. But whatever. It's all good. Um, speaking of dumb shit, you know, it's, it's pretty... The political landscape has created such a divide that it's it's almost like, well, it's not even almost. It's like WWE. You have to create a gimmick. 
you have to create a, a character in order to get in to whatever side you want to get in on. And you have to play that role, play that gimmick to, to a motherfucking T to get some type of support that you want and need to kind of break into the game. So we talk about them every now and then. We call them grifters, right? People that just play this particular role, do this, and, you know, for to get in the game, to break into the game. So the main one, the main example that I like to give is Candace Owens. Now, let me go ahead and, and give my preference because I'm not saying that I'm anti-Candace Owens because, again, there are some ideas and sentiments that she has that I agree with, that I fully support and agree with. Um, but at the same time, there's also some, there, there was a very thin line that she stays in to make sure that she plays to a particular base of people. And they don't look like me, nor do they look like her. And you want to recognize the game because my main criticism of why, you know, at best, at absolute best, I can only about halfway agree with her. Um, it's because she's it's a gimmick, I believe. It's not authentic. It's not real. You know, the way you came onto the scene, the the misinformation and lies that you have told in your ascension, um, the fact that you denounce and dismiss and you, you know, tossed away a specific ideology as far as Democrat or liberal ideology to adapt another and fall into another strict ideology in conservatism, I find that to be fugazi. You know, to 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 ridicule and mock and and to taunt and insult people for being a part of one plantation while you yourself are a part of another plantation, I, I find that fake as fuck. And even though you have some good ideas now, I believe now that you have bullshitted your way into a circle, now you have been you know, versed as far as information goes, but it's only conservative information or conservative uh, rhetoric that will, again, play to a particular base of people. She recently said something, uh, and this this isn't even a Candace Owens piece, but, uh, and I'll save this particular instance, but she made an instance when it comes to like black America. Uh, which, you know, her whole stance has been basically shitting on black America uh, and black culture. Uh, basically saying, you know, well, black people, you guys complain. You, you do nothing but bitch and complain about being in America. Uh, but I wish I can take black Americans and change them out with Nigerians because Nigerians understand how great this country is and they my nigerian friends tell me all the time like what the hell is wrong with these black people here and i will stop there and that that'll be a different segment for a later time but it's shit like that that pisses me off that is like there is no context there is no information and there is a reason 
that Africans that come into America, African immigrants that come into America, you did not feel or go through the experience that black people have gone through historically in this country. And the problem is that comes with conservatism is the fact that you highlight individualism to the point to where in order to be a part that you have to denounce your heritage, the pride in who you are, and then it's every man for himself. Where I believe that black people, we, we, we don't, we aren't at a space to where we can think about individualism. Can I just be honest? White people can. Because your society, your culture, your community is already established. So now all you got to do is and worry about is what you can do for yourself. Because what you do for yourself will ultimately benefit the community. Because it's already established. And whatever you do is just a, a contribution to that. It adds to that. Black people, we don't have a community. We don't have an established culture. We're just a bunch of fragment pieces that's just trying to find our identity again. You have your identity. We don't. But those Nigerians that Candace always wants to replace with black Americans because you feel like all we do is whine and complain. Did you have the experience of redlining? That forced you into specific positions? Because understand, if you were to immigrate here during a particular time, you would have gone through the exact same shit. To where you until you quickly realize just working hard and pulling yourselves up by the bootstraps, it's not enough. You can work hard as you want to. Working hard doesn't mean they're going to approve that that housing loan that they were not approving because you were black, that kept you in that ghetto, that kept you renting to where you couldn't build any wealth for yourself or your family. Working hard has shit to do with that. Coming over here and 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 thinking we're whining and complaining when we are trying to hold a government accountable to what they said and promised that will happen and be given to African descendants of slaves. It's not complaining, stupid. Or take accountability for your own actions. Yeah, we do that. But th there is a, a, a stark history and we understand that America is the greatest country on earth. Why the fuck do you think we want to leave? Or why do you, why the fuck you think we should leave? We built this for you. We built this country. We're not going anywhere. And because we love this country so much, you damn right I'm going to hold you accountable. There is nothing more American than holding its government accountable, being critical of that government to make sure or to do whatever we can to keep in front of them the things and actions that they themselves should be responsible for. Don't tell me to be responsible and accountable for my actions and to work hard to pull myself up by the bootstraps when you as the government is not doing the same thing you're telling me to do. 
and you as that ignorant, dumbass, white, conservative person who think that all we're doing is bitching and whining when your ancestors received the very thing that we haven't? Every group has an economic base. Every group that came into America has received such economic base except African descendants of slaves. I said I was going to stop on that, so I'm going to stop right there. And the actual thing that I was getting into is uh, there seems to be a new Candace Owens in town, y'all. You know, she's seen that, you know, this Candace Owens thing, this, this Grifton thing can be can be really good. And right now is the perfect time to do it, you know? So there is this... um. This new Candace Owens goes by the name of Sari Kim. Sari Kim is a is a Korean American. She is um, a Texas Congress woman or aspiring Texas Congress woman. I'm not sure exactly what she wants to be, but she's running for Congress. And uh, I believe in the 6th District somewhere in, in Texas. I'm not sure specifically, but I'm going to put everything up here so you'll see. But she has now made her her rounds and her name is starting to create a buzz because, you know, she sat down and they had a forum and she had some very interesting things to say about Chinese immigrants. So she, as a Korean American, says, you know what? These Chinese immigrants, I don't want them here at all. They steal our intellectual property. They give us coronavirus. They don't hold themselves accountable. And then she follows that up with saying, quite frankly, I can say that because I'm Korean. <gasps> oh, oh, well, oh, damn. So. Let's take a look and see this uh, this video that uh, is kind of showing her officially throwing her name in the hat. And let's just listen to some of the rhetoric here. Good evening. My name is Sari Kim, and I'm running for Congress for four reasons. Facts, law, morals, and accountability. Facts. We would lie to you for the last one year and two months and stayed at home because China created coronavirus in a Wuhan lab. The fight in Washington, D.C. is to fight against this lie. I am running for Congress because of the law. I read the Mueller report 19 times. I sat at the decision desk at Fox News defending the president, and his entire presidency was put under a cloud of a lie. Washington, D.C. lies to you. Nancy Pelosi lies to you. AOC lies to you when she can figure out actually how to talk. The third reason why I'm running for Congress is morals. We are all here because we are pro-life. We are all here because we believe in Jesus Christ. We are all here because we are pro-Second Amendment. And the most important reason why I am running is accountability. I was chief of staff of election day operations for President Trump in Pennsylvania. I have worked for him for five years, including his 2016 campaign. I have worked for President Bush. I have served in Congress working as chief oversight counsel for Daryl Issa. 
And let me tell you, the only person that is held accountable is you. The Democrats lie and are not held accountable. AOC can't even build an IKEA table, and she is not held accountable. You should vote for me, because I know the government inside and out. And I know you inside and out. And I would appreciate your support. Siri Kemp for Congress. Very interesting, huh? Very interesting. Did, did you notice the the term and the words and, and how she approached that? If you would have just kind of closed your eyes and listened, you would have thought there was a white woman, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, sounded just like a conservative white woman. She throws her barbs and insults there at, at AOC. And, you know, not like, you know, I'm not an AOC fan, but th th there's particular figures that, each side will go after. AOC is one of those figures on the left that the right always attacks. So, okay, you made sure the name dropped there to get a couple of woo-woos, right? And then she drops another, and I guess, you know, a, a promo, and it goes a little something like this. For my family, the American dream isn't just a cliche. It's the story of our lives. My parents immigrated here from Seoul, South Korea when I was a child. They sometimes work two jobs, three jobs, to put food on the table. And it's here in Texas that I learned the value of sacrifice, hard work, resilience. It's right here in the great state of Texas, in the sixth district of Texas, that I learned the American dream. My name is Sari Kim. And I'm running for Congress because that American dream that my parents worked for, it's gone. While Washington, D.C. plays politics, millions of Texans are still without a job. Today, the Texas unemployment rate is double what it was just two years ago. As a young immigrant, I went on to go work for two U.S. presidents, including President Donald J. Trump. I am so honored to have worked for President Trump and so proud of the work that he did to create the world's greatest economy, lifting tens of thousands of people like my parents out of poverty. Texans deserve a representative who will go to Washington, D.C. and fight against big government, stop the political games, and work day and night to protect this great state. I'm ready to take that fight to Washington, D.C., but the question is, are they ready for me? I'm coming for you, D.C. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting, right? <laughs> I, I, I find it hard to take people like this seriously because, you know, you, you think that pandering to whiteness and to white people is your ticket. Now, I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I understand because, you know, as of now, this, this, the majority are white people. So, you know, the, the Asian community is, is a stark minority. And even though, you know, they still, they like black people, they aren't a monolith. So, you know, they have their own ideas and stuff, but they mostly do stick together. Honestly, which I wish is something that black people would do, but we're just, you know, we're we're so fractured that, you know, it's it's really going to take um, 
a unifying movement, not Black Lives Matter, not Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the organization, because they're full of shit and they're just a democratic ploy to push an LGBTQ agenda. Um, but it's, it's going to take a, a real unifying for, I, I, I felt at one point that we may not, that we don't need another Malcolm X or Martin Luther King type figure, but I, I just think maybe we should be due honestly, because we're just so fragmented. Uh, but all that being said, the, the conservatives seem to love people of color that throws their people under the bus. Now, of course, she's going at Chinese and she's Korean. I understand there is a difference there. Um, but she's received quite a bit of backlash for the things that she said. And, you know, so she lost support and and people there are of the AAPI, so Asian American Pacific Islanders, I believe that's what it's called. I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. But they they pulled themselves away from her because like that that's unacceptable, even on the conservative or Republican side. Which honestly, I know these these politics and the politics stuff can be a bit confusing because um the fight really isn't Democrat and Republicans. It's literally, it's just liberal and conservative. So you can have conservative Democrats and liberal Republicans. So it's, you know, it, it gets a little weird because, you know, those lines get blurred all the time. But going back to, you know, Sari Kim, she had a, a response for the backlash that that she received for those words that, that she spoke, you know, against, uh, the Chinese Chinese immigrants and whatnot. So this is what she had to say. So she released a statement. Um, she says, I am shocked that in an effort to counter Asian American hate, the liberal media is targeting me. An Asian and an immigrant in an effort to paint me as anti-Asian or anti-immigrant just for speaking against the oppressive Communist Party. It is indisputable that even here in Texas 6th District, the Chinese Communist Party is the foremost threat to the free world. I will not back down from speaking the truth about the Chinese Communist Party being a perpetuator of genocide. I will not back down from speaking the truth about the Chinese Communist Party stealing intellectual property. I will not back down from speaking the truth about the Chinese Communist Party spying on Texans. And I will not back down from speaking the truth about the Chinese Communist Party's role in spreading coronavirus around the world. The people of Tarrant Ellis and Navarro County deserve someone who will fight for them, who will literally put their life on the line for them. I have received more death threats and racist comments in the past 48 hours than in my previous 42 years combined. Jesus Christ saves. Christ is risen. Uh-huh. So this is the. We're not stupid. Miss Kim, we're not stupid. There is a difference between speaking against a party and speaking against people. Your statement that said Chinese immigrants, I don't want them here. I don't want them here at all. 
They steal our intellectual property. They give us coronavirus. They don't hold themselves accountable. Are you talking about the Communist Party there? Sound like you're talking about people. Uh, so I just find it, I find it extremely funny. Uh, and not surprising because the left is just as racist as the right. It's the, uh, the right. You know, that now she's like, now I'm being targeted for racism. And so then she reveals, you know, some some emails uh, with people. Someone <laughs> with the email saying, fuck Asians at sharklaser.com. And they said, get the fuck back to fucking China, you ugly Asian whore. You're lying whore mouth that your fake news can die with coronavirus there. Stupid mofo, all Asians are Chinese. Hope your entire family dies of COVID ASAP, you stupid cunt. So stupid shit like that. I don't even know why I read that email, but that's the type of shit she's receiving, which I always found to be absolutely stupid. Um, that someone's, that your reaction to a racist is to be racist. Like, no, that's not the way. Um, but even still, I, I wouldn't even call her racist, but it's just that there is a career in being a person of color, putting down or as they call, you know, holding accountable, speaking truth. I need to stop doing that whole thing. Somebody else do. I think this dude named ABL does it. He got this long ass finger. He does that all the time. It, it irks my soul. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there was a place in the GOP and the conservative line for, you know, being, <laughs> I was going to do the air quotes, being Christian, but not so much of Christian of the scripture. They don't follow scripture. They just follow the, the American religion of Christianity. But that, and then coupling that with very prejudiced views. There's a career in that for you. And just as much as Candace Owens used that as a platform to catapult herself into a very strategic marriage, now she's a mother uh, and a very successful conservative career. Yeah, people are following suit. And would you blame them? Hey. It worked for her. It didn't work for Stacey Dash, though. Poor girl. But yeah, that's, I, I just find that funny. And, you know, of course she's in Texas, so I think she will win whatever seat she's trying to get in Texas 6th District. Um, I guess that is the seat, but expect to see a lot more of her. Because it's almost like, if, if y'all paid attention, that that, little um promo thing that she did you know the red dress and walking down the street look very familiar to that kim classic chick right yeah so you know if the the funny thing is the ironic thing is you know she's talking about chinese immigrants stealing intellectual property but her whole demeanor is swagger jacking candace owens and Kim Clasic. So, irony. Irony. Swagger jack and shit. 
But even still, here's where I, I'll I'll throw a little bit of bail. I, I actually would agree that there is a Chinese agenda that's basically going on around the world. Uh, if y'all been paying attention to Africa and some of the Caribbean islands, yeah, there's a a very big, big Chinese or Asian presence there that they are basically buying up and taking up as much land as they can and bribing these stupid ass leaders in these areas. And no one seemed to be saying anything about it. Chinese is basically taking over Africa. But, but that's a, another story for just my opinion on why everyone seems to be so interested, invested in going after Africa. But we'll talk about that another time. But on, on the last note, and we're going to get up out of here because I'm going to see if I can keep this under an hour. But the speaking of, you know, conservative criteria and following the American religion of Christianity, not actually the truth, the scripture of Christianity, because I just think that if people really follow the scriptures of, of Christ, then I think their patriotism would be a bit more realistic. But that's neither here nor there. There was a particular article that I read that mentioned that um, the church, a lot of people are leaving the church because of the church. You know, it's not so much people are falling away. Not that, you know, people are being influenced by Lil Nas X and, you know, LGBTQ movements and this, that, and the third and falling out of the church. Um, it's the church. It's the church. And I totally agree because it's honestly the reason why I ultimately left the church. Uh, for those who who don't, yeah, I grew up in the church. I, ha I have like this weird upbringing to where, you know, my family all up and down, um, which really quick, rest in peace to my uncle, uh, Bernard Morris, uh, an amazing man, an amazing example of what a man should be for his family. He was also a pastor, so for his congregation. Um, and for those in the Christian circles, when I tell you he taught word, he taught that word. Um, and he, he died from a, from a heart attack a few days ago. So rest in peace to him um, in prayers. And honestly, I'm, I'm not sad. You know, I'm sad that you're gone, Unc, but I I mean, I know what it is. Um, I know what it is. So I'm not worried about you at all. Amazing man, an amazing man. And um, I'm, I'm blessed to have so many examples of amazing men in my life. So, but the there is a culture of church of christianity that hurts so many people because there is no accountability to scripture there's no accountability to themselves and holding themselves accountable for different things um and there's just so much rampant you know, jealousy, envy, uh, perversion, and just all these type of things that's permitted into the church. And I've said for the longest time, 
if you want to find the most racist, bigoted, prejudiced people, go to a church. Go to a church. Go to a white church. That's where you'll find them. That's where you'll find them. Because it was that foundation that justified slavery. They used the Bible. They used the Bible to promote other various racist and hateful ideologies that weren't true. You know, weren't true, weren't in proper context at all, but that's what they used. And why a lot of black people buck against Christianity because it's like that's the the religion of it. Call it the white man's religion. Yeah, because that's what you use to justify what you did and then deceive using that very same Bible people to be like, well, you just, you must forgive. That's why when I look at people like the Herschel Walkers of the world, why I feel like you are just absolutely in that sunken place to where you don't even know what your Bible says. You don't even know what the God you serve says, what his teachings are, because you just think that everything is old kumbaya. Christianity is not a kumbaya religion, for lack of better terms. It's not a kumbaya faith. It calls for separation. It calls for division. And just stances like the Herschel Walkers where it's like, you know, all of these atrocities that was done to me. I, I must forgive you because my heavenly father must forgive me. Oh, my God, my Jesus teaches togetherness. No, he doesn't. He does not. No, you are mistaken because you go to these churches that, you know, tell you that. So they won't face any type of retaliation. But we'll we'll explore that one a little bit later. Um, but I found that article very, very, very interesting and true because a lot of people now they are attempting to find out who God is without the confines of religion. Let me find out and establish a relationship with God and and to come into knowledge and a relationship with him without the four walls of this building that you really just want me to pay my tithes and pay my money to, to where, you know, you collect all this money from me and from this community and you never give back to it. You want me to sow a seed, but you don't sow seeds in the community because we know as far as speaking as black people, the pillar of the black community before we started going to shit was the black church. It was the black church because we knew if we needed to do anything, we had to do it ourselves. If, if we were going to give to anything that that entity would have to give back to us because there's no one else that's going to do it. And then with the deterioration of the church, with the infiltration of the modern feminist movement, the, the LGBTQ and, you know, these other Things that destroyed the black family, the black church went by down by the wayside as well. Where do you think the likes of Dr. Martin Luther King comes from? That black church. 
And even with faith, such as, you know, the nation of Islam, when even after Malcolm X broke away from it, that was rooted in faith. But we lost faith. I believe that black people, honestly, as a whole, we are very spiritual people. And we have allowed ourselves to be pulled away from things that removes that spirituality um, and ultimately pits us against one another. Because as I continue to say, and I probably said to every podcast from here on out, we're nothing more than a football. Malcolm X described it as that. We're nothing more than a football in this political game between conservatives and liberals. And that we are the face. We're, it's like rock'em sock'em robots. That we are the robots punching each other's heads off. And the conservatives on one side, the liberals on one side, and they're just smashing that button, seeing who can get that knockout blow, and we're just killing each other for their powering game. We don't belong on either side, y'all. We don't belong with Democrats. We don't belong in Republicans. Foxes and wolves, Malcolm X calls it. Foxes and wolves. Alright guys, listen I appreciate y'all Thank y'all so much For uh, for tuning in And But I thank y'all so much for checking us out Let me know what you think, please uh, Be sure to subscribe To the uh, Talk My Credo YouTube channel And uh, you know, help us grow Please sure to, you know, like subscri Subscribe, comment on That content, let me know what you think I'm always open to uh to have a discussion on those videos and and continue to send me you know these emails at talkmycredo at gmail.com. Uh I, I just thank y'all so much, man. So we, we we're gonna keep moving, we're gonna keep working. Uh Big E Shabazz the Magic Man and Craig Mack will be in the building for the next podcast. Trust and believe and you know we're gonna keep on working. So um Oh, also some great news. We've also been uploaded to uh, Pandora. So talk my credos on Pandora now. Hey, we in there. So pressing forward, pressing forward. But until next time, it's your boy Dante Credo. Thank you for listening. This is another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. Until next time, stay safe. Peace.